Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey there, you are listening to The She Podcast, and in today's episode, I am talking with my friend Bianca Oltoff. Bianca is the real deal. She is bringing the fire today. She actually has a book called Play With Fire, so there's that. Um, But anyways, she is just really challenging our perspectives, I think, as women in today's culture, and really giving us some uh, convicting truth bombs when it comes to things like adulting, uh, just maturity and health. And I think the things that we can sometimes take some of a passive perspective or passive um, viewpoint on without even really realizing it. And so she's bringing some challenging uh, words for us. That's why I say put your big girl panties on. But before we dive into this episode, I just want to tell you a bit about her and I'm actually going to use her own words. This is how she describes herself. She says, I'm a passionate, Jesus loving, Bible teaching, book writing, Mexican who loves to help people navigate life, connect in community and live significantly, which I love. And she just cracks me up and challenges me at the same time. And I think she's going to do the exact same thing for you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Bianca. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Bianca, welcome to the show. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I am thrilled to have you. I have to tell you the funniest story because I am, first of all, just honored to be connected. I've looked up to you for a while. And something that I think is absolutely hilarious is about, I want to say it was about three years ago. um, I was at a conference and I can't remember exactly. I want to say it was if, but I can't remember. And you were speaking and it was the first time I'd ever like heard of you or seen you speak and you were cracking me up. And I related to you on such a level. And I'm like, I don't look like you. Like I don't look Latina, but I have a lot of Latina background. My mother's first language was Spanish and she was, my grandmother was born and raised in Mexico. And my grandmother, like growing up was my best friend. She's who I dedicated my book to. So I have a lot of like Hispanic Latin heritage. And so when you were sharing your story and just your heart and like your fire and your energy, I was like, this woman, I'm going to be friends with her one day. (laughs) I love this so much. You are like my Latina sister from another mister. Okay. (laughs) You're going to do this. (laughs) So I was like, man, this, when, when it worked out that we could do this, I thought, what a better way to establish our friendship and put it on airwaves. This is great. So anyway, I love it. You're making me sound so cool right now, by the way, Jordan. I love you. You are pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, seriously though. It's such an honor. I'm glad you're here. And I can't wait for everyone to hear 
more about you and just what you're doing. So I guess the best place to start, just so that everyone has some context, um, for those of you who, for those who don't know you, how do you describe like what you're passionate about? I don't like to ask like what you do, because if you're anything like me, you probably do a lot of things. I know you do a lot of things, but what do you want to see? Like what change do you want to see in the world? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you speak? Why do you write by books? Why do you do the things that you are involved in? What a great question. I've never been asked this question, but I think just like off the top of my head from the depth of my heart, I'm really fighting and striving for people to awaken to who they truly are. Mm-hmm. I read this quote by a Polish philosopher that said the greater the greatest thing isn't death itself, it's dying before we actually die mm-hmm. and living as if we've been dead for years mm-hmm. for years. And so I think like one of the things that I'm passionate about is when we see other people's lives transform. It inspires us and gives us hope to think like, hey, that can happen to me. And so whether it's me going into prisons, whether it's my husband and I planting a church, whether it's speaking at conferences or writing books or talking with friends on podcasts like Mm -hmm. you, like I'm super passionate about people coming to life again that just be, and my dad always used to say, if you are not dead, then God is not done. Mm -hmm. And I've held on to this for years and that has been like my mantra it's my hope it's my prayer everywhere I go every time that God allows me to use words that there's a sense of life and freedom and hope that's Mm. left in my wake Hmm. I love that and when we were just chatting before we started recording I think very aligned with what you said is I want to be for people um and (laughs) I I love that mentality because I think we I think we can say that, but to actually really do the things it takes to live it in our businesses, in our book writing, in our churches, like in our places of really work and to really remember like we're ultimately working ultimately for God, but then for people um, and being, you know, advocates and serving on their behalf and desiring to see positive change in their life is I think what allows us to persevere when like we were even just talking about challenges we both had in the work that we do, you know, and it it allows us to persevere through those challenges and actually show up and make a difference and do what we're made to do. But I don't, and I even wrote this in my book and I think this is very aligned, just the idea of like, you can't really do what you're made to do until you know who you are. I feel like identity is kind of a prerequisite to that. Absolutely. Hmm. So I want to hear, you know, knowing that and knowing that and just having that in mind, tell me a little bit about your this book you have coming out because I want to talk a little bit about something I saw you post on Instagram not too long ago and I freaking loved it um and I want to just open the floor for you to expand on it and then hopefully be able to talk about just this whole all the tools that you're providing so first thing I want to talk about is you shared something that said there's a difference between vanity and maintenance. And that really stru- struck me because I think we are very much in a society that's so, you know, we hear a lot about self-care and we hear a lot about, um, you know, getting your manicure and doing your things. And we almost joke about it. And those things are important. But then it's like, I think there's also a line. And I, I think it's a tough thing to find balance in and to do as a woman in today's society. And so can you share a little bit of, A, the story behind that and where that came from? Is, and I think that's part of what your book messaging is. So can you just dive into that a little bit for me? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, to provide some context so it doesn't come across a little (laughs) cold or callous, Mm -hmm. I will give a little bit of uh, background. So I grew up poor and mm-hmm. um, morbidly obese at the age of 12 I weighed more than my father and so when I talk about this this is, is not like me waving some angry f- flag or mm-hmm. trying to proffer some you know, different doctrine like I believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and because of that mm-hmm. because our body is a temple I want to make sure that we're 
taking care of it. So I'm seeing this messaging going out of like, Hey, love yourselves and mm-hmm. love your flaws. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just let yourself go. And, 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 and my fear in that is I love the messaging behind it. I love the heart behind the messaging. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the heart on the messaging, but my fear is, is that we give excuses for ourselves, mm-hmm. whether it's the student life, the mom life, the, I stopped caring life. Mm-hmm. Um, we let ourselves go and forget that, no, 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 wait a minute. There is a call upon my life. Yeah. If we feel like there is a destiny or purpose for our life, then we need to take care of what God has given us. Mm. Now, there's a difference between maintenance and vanity. Let's use a car, for example. Mm-hmm. So in my car, I have to get the oil changed. I have to get the tires rotated. Um, I should probably wash it to make sure that the you know, paint stays intact. Mm-hmm. That's maintenance. Mm-hmm. Vanity is if I'm like, oh, baby, drop the car, put some <laughs> rims on it, take the windows, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the other narrative is that it's just like, love yourself. Live your best life. And Mm -hmm. so I see people going into debt, changing their body, changing their face, changing their wardrobe Mm -hmm. to fit this very vain lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So what I want us to do as like people with a, uh, an understanding now, my faith, my background is in faith. So if that's my language, please bear with me for those that are not in a, from a faith background, I think we can still hold on to the core messaging Mm -hmm. is that if we believe that we're called and destined for things. What does it look like to take care of the gifts and the assets that God has given us at the same time, not teetering to the far side mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, this, this spending money of getting in debt, of trying to keep up with the Joneses mm-hmm. of looking like, um, everything is high and tight and nipped mm-hmm. and tucked and frozen mm-hmm. and Botox, mm-hmm. but we lose ourselves in that. Yeah. So there is a difference between vanity and maintenance. And I just want women to find out, Hey, what's the middle ground for me? And that's going to look different for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't say that as someone who has this four pack and thigh gap and Michelle Obama arms, I say that as (laughs) someone who works out six days a week Mm -hmm. and is floofy. Okay. My thighs, I'm Latina. My thighs will always touch. Um, (laughs) Did you just say floofy? Floofy, yes, floofy, floofy, good word. I can't say fat. I don't want to speak negatively over myself. You know, I'm a child of God, but you know, I'm like thicky, thicky, thick right now. And I don't know what to do about it, but I'm not going to sit here and give excuses like, mm-hmm. oh, it's my age or it's my uh, ethnicity or it's my gender. No, no, I'm going to take care of my temple. I'm going to work out five to six days a week, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, hey, this is me in this season. Would I like to lose, you know? 15, 20, 25 pounds. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would I ro- want to rock a really cute two pace? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to strive and go out of terms and get mm-hmm. crazy to do that mm-hmm. because I think that that's fighting for vain- mm-hmm. uh, vanity. Mm-hmm. Maintenance would be, yo, I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to have my green drink smoothie and then we're going to handle life. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of like practical handles in the book that I want to give women like, yeah. Hey, life is tough, buttercup, but you know, buck up because mm-hmm. life's tough, but you are too. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, I could park here for so long because this is something that I have really, um, struggled with because I think exactly what you're saying not struggle with more of like the messaging I struggle with how do we position Mm -hmm. it's almost like we need the warm hug of like hey first of all you know you are a child of God so but I think Mm -hmm. I think and you can probably um agree with this sometimes I think what starts to happen is like and it and you're perfect the way you are and I kind of want to be like no sis you're not perfect the way you are you are a flawed individual let's not like give everyone a participation trophy here for just awaking today like you need to do something and so I think I struggle with that sometimes where it's like you want to give that warm hug but it needs to be a kick in the pants too for ourselves first of all and any kind of messaging because like you said there's this pendulum swift and I think for so long there was such an almost 
unattainable standard of beauty and what what beauty was was like this element of perfection and airbrush and all this stuff to where I think we've become the society that's like almost swung to the other end of the spectrum like you're saying right and it's almost this completely embrace all imperfection like don't even try to improve and if and maybe that's not the heart and I think like you said that's probably not the heart behind the message but I think that's sometimes what's received in the way that it is put out in the way that it is presented it's almost like is it really brave to like I was even thinking about this with makeupless photos or you know um like sharing you know whatever like wearing you know no shirt and you know trying to show like I'm embracing myself and there's I think there's a line like you said like it's kind of a is that really what we've boiled bravery down to like I mean I think there's 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 something strong in that and knowing that you are a child of God and embracing that part but I think of like if that's what we're defining bravery as in our society I'm like man like there were 18 year olds jumping out of planes in World War II. That's bravery, you know? So sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I just kind of feel like we've become so like soft about this. And we do need that, like that kick in the pants to remember that there needs to be discipline and there needs to be this, this balance of, Hey, let's not chase um, unrealistic standards of perfection that don't actually exist. And let's find that healthy ba- boundary and balance, but let's not like go to the other end of the spectrum where suddenly like the strongest thing you do is like embrace the fact that you're not wearing makeup and I'm okay with that. Definitely be transparent. Definitely share it. Like that's definitely something I'm on board with, but let's not call that like making it, you know what I mean? I don't know how to describe it, but I know I am totally with you. I'm totally with you. And the reason why I, I love that we are camping out on this is because we might not be some listeners might not feel as passionately about you or Mm -hmm. I discussing this, but I want you, I want them to listen for a second because though this might feel like a microaggression, though this Mm -hmm. might feel like a micro issue, what we're not realizing Mm -hmm. is that that's kind of how our thought process works. It's this micro thought. Mm -hmm. And if we come in with this language, of like, I'm perfect just the way that I am. Mm -hmm. Like, I agree that we are fearfully and wonderfully made 100%. But if we carry that thought logic into our relationships, Mm -hmm. let's say, Um, I am married, but I was single for 30 years, 29 years. And um, if I were to take that flawed logic into my relationship, Mm -hmm. my husband can call me out on things. My friends can call me out on things. And I'm like, no, I'm perfect the way that I am. Mm -hmm. So we need to change. I don't care what you think. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, I mean, I I posted something the other day about weight, like, um, and and someone had said like, yeah, my doctor said that um, I'm going to have like a heart condition and that mm. sort of stuff. And I, I wanted to put some language around it. Like, hey, I'm not giving us license because, again, that message that I post about vanity versus maintenance yeah. was addressing this issue. But I also spoke about like, hey, uh, you are more than the, sc- the number on the scale and you're more than your bra right. size. Right. And it opened up a great conversation for people to be like, I'm big, bold and beautiful, which I love. Mm. But you also have to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Like and if your doctor saying you're having heart issues, then, hey. There might be a deeper heart issue and that heart yeah. issue is that you might need to change a few things. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure that we're our women of balance. Like, yeah. it's like, I'm big, bold and beautiful, but I'm also going to take care of my temple. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to take care of mm-hmm. this from a maintenance perspective. Yeah. So I love it. It matters. It's important because if we let this thought saturate into all areas of our lives, mm-hmm. it could reap some consequences in relationships or even, uh, even in work environments. Like it will permeate different areas of our life for sure. Yeah. 
And I think we desperately actually desire that discipline more than we actually probably say. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think we thrive with discipline. I think we are designed for discipline. And I think it could be so easy to almost be offended by the the thought that, well, maybe I do need to be more disciplined. Maybe I do need to take action. Or maybe I need to be a little bit less aggressive with how I'm chasing this standard of what I think is maintenance. It's now crossed over into obsession. And I often wow. talk about like, and, and I share it from almost the opposite, the other standpoint where, I mean, growing up, I was one of the tallest in my class and I always had to stand in the back with the boys. And so I always felt like I was too big. Right. And I was uh, like bigger than all the girls. And it was a really hard thing for me growing up. And then everyone else caught up in high school. And so that wasn't really so much an issue, but I always had that, you know, that you're very impressionable as a kid. Right. And so, and you know this. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm still too big. I'm still too big. And then when I went through a really tough season in my personal life early on in my college years, it led to obsessive calorie control, obsessive exercising, mm. just really unhealthy behaviors. Yeah. And I realized there's a difference between, you know, being disciplined and being obsessed. And I think that's where, you know, we can either be so lax or we can be so overly disciplined that it's no longer just intentional discipline, it's obsession. And so, right. you know, I think both are so unhealthy for us. And so I really mm -hmm. love that you shared that. A big thank you to Grove for sponsoring this episode. Did you know those all-purpose cleaners your mom used to use are full of harmful chemicals that have been linked to everything from respiratory problems to cancer? You don't need toxins to have a clean home. Not with Grove Collaborative. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Plus, Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet so you can save time reading confusing labels. I personally love using Grove products in our home to clean my counters and clean my bathrooms and everything else. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over half a million families who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash she and place an order of $20 or more, you'll get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove, a $30 value. Just go to grove.co slash she to get this exclusive offer. Again, that's grove.co slash she to get this offer. I'm curious. Okay, so we're talking about this idea of like operating in this balanced lifestyle and learning how to be disciplined without being obsessed, how to take ownership of our lives without just becoming, ex you know, full of excuses, which I think is so needed in relation to that. I, I think, I feel like this is, I want to hear more about what else are you writing in this book? Tell us about the book and why you felt like it was so necessary. Cause I feel like we're on the same way, same way Blake here. I love it. I love it. So um, when I was 25 years old, I didn't realize it, but I was having a quarter life crisis. So I had broken up with a guy who I thought I was going to marry. We were together for three years. Um, and I, I affectionately referred to him as Satan because it was a very dysfunctional <laughs> relationship. And <laughs> and I was in grad school. I moved back home. Well, I want to move back home because of finances. But I, another reason I moved back home is because my mom was diagnosed with two forms of cancer. One of them was mm. brain And I just felt like everything in life absolutely sucked. And as a 25-year-old, I felt like I had lost my navigation system. I felt like I was lost in my identity. I felt like I didn't know what I was called to do at 22 I was dead set by 25. I would be married with two kids and life would be great. Um, and, and I'm 25 and everything feels like it's in an incinerator. And mm -hmm. so I went on this journey 
which I didn't know then, but my soul really longed for like a mentor or a guide to help me put the pieces of my life together and to speak truth. And had I known the power of great godly counseling, wisdom, and therapy uh, in my 20s, I would have go, I would have gone, but I didn't discover it until I was 30, my first year of marriage. And um, we were really struggling in marriage. And I'm like, we might need some help here. <laughs> and so this was basically um, the resource that I wish I would have had when I was 25. In fact, in the last 10, actually, no, 11, almost 12 years since that quarter life crisis, I've met with women. I have learned from women. I've had a mentor. I've been a mentor. And it's almost like I've collected stories and learning lessons like breadcrumbs of Hansel and Gretel going back to the house. In addition to meeting two women um, from the pages of the Old Testament, Ruth and Naomi, where I got to learn from them. They had this great mentoring relationship. They both had experienced loss and trauma, love and grief. And I watched them thrive and realize that they are just one step away from inheriting God's abundant blessings. And I'm like, God, I might be one step away, one day away, one week away. And I don't want to give up when I'm this close. Hmm. And so this book came out as kind of like a playbook. I know that there's certain books that are like on a topic specifically, like this is the best go-to book for friendship or like, this is not, this is a playbook broken up into three sections because like you are in moments of crisis and pivot points and turning points of life, we're going to be dealing with some interesting things. And so it's broken up into three sections. The first one's dating and relationships. The second is faith and spirituality. And the third is adulting and growing up hmm. and using Ruth and Naomi as like the undercurrent guides through this. Uh, I also invited Dr. Deb Gorton. She's a clinical therapist and a licensed uh, psychologist to weigh in on topics that are probably out of my lane. And I think that sometimes we have this desire to speak this truth and speak our wisdom and speak our experience, but there is power in someone who's trained. And mm -hmm. so I invited my friend Deb and she weighed in on particular topics like depression and anxiety, grief and loss, internet stalking, uh, breaking up with friends, because that is a real thing. We it should is break a real up with thing. friends. <laughs> it's a real thing that we don't want to talk about. And mm -hmm. like, and so you know what I've noticed is that like so um, when I say about like my generation, I talk about millennials. It's so easy to ghost and just be like, I'm going to just disappear yeah. and not have this conflict. But that's the behavior of a petulant child mm -hmm. and a grown, confident woman, <laughs> though will though she might feel insecure about having this hard conversation, we cannot be adverse to conflict because that's the thing that sharpens us. And yes, iron sharpens iron, but hey, don't forget that there's sparks in that. And so, so I remember relationship this girl um who I love dearly and I still love to this day best friends for 10 years probably I think it's now about three years ago two three years ago we just had to have a hard conversation because it felt like no matter how much I tried or what I did or said like I just always felt like I was letting her down mm -hmm. and I would ask her like hey are we okay are you okay like what's going on and everything was just like okay okay or it's like she didn't want to talk about it it was something else or like the things that she was saying just didn't make sense because I was feeling something and I would walk away from our time together feeling like a failure as a friend, feeling like I felt bad about myself. I felt, I, I felt guilty for this call on my life. And uh, it wasn't until a couple months of hard conversations where I finally sat across from her at a dinner table and I said, you know what I'm realizing? I don't think that you like me. And she paused and she said, I think you're right. Hmm. And I like literally it was such a punch to the gut, Jordan. Yeah. Oh my god. Because it was 10 years of I'm not just talking about like we follow each other on Instagram. Like we vacation right. together. Like we we hung out together. Our spouses hung together. Like it was it was like ride or die. Hmm. And um then I said, you know what? After after I like caught my breath, 
I said, well, then for the sake of you and also for the sake of me, I think that we should stop being friends. And she said, I agree. I said, okay. So that ended the friendship. And here's the thing. It was devastating. I got into the car and I I sobbed. I sobbed like a baby because I felt like I had lost someone who was so integral to my life. At the same time, I look at her from a distance now and I'm so happy that she's chasing her call. And I'm so happy that she is finding and fighting for a new sense of community. And I'm happy that I, I, if I could say this so candidly, there's going to be people in our lives that will, um, that will leave our conversations and leave our connection points and we feel less than and horrible about ourselves. And here's the thing. I'm already struggling to try to like me. I need someone that's going to be by my side to call me out when I'm being a butthole, but then also cheer me on and fire me up. And it's, again, it's, I keep on fighting for this balance. I want us to be women of balance mm-hmm. where we fight for good friendships and we know when they need to end. And so like, again, so this book is really kind of like, how do we have these hard conversations? How do we grow the heck up? How do we survive life's trauma? Because if you want to be that girl, that woman to tomorrow, we have to start being her today. Ooh, that's good. I love, first of all, I love that you, first of all, thank you for sharing that because I think that's going to resonate on such a deep level. I understand that feeling too, where you're like, what is going on? And there's no real solution for a long time until you finally get to a point where you're like, okay, I just have to let this go. And you can't, and feeling the guilt as if you did something wrong. But I don't know if you've ever heard um, Beth Moore, she shared a, uh, there's a video I saw from her And it was one of the, I haven't watched a whole lot of them, but a friend sent it to me because I had experienced something somewhat similar at one point and I was really struggling with it. And I I asked a friend who, if she'd ever had something like that happen. And um, she sent me this video and it was like a 30 second clip. And basically Beth Moore said, look, I live a busy lifestyle and I have to be, you know, I'm showing up for what I'm made to do literally. Um, And she kind of basically articulated like, and sometimes that constrains certain friendships that were part of a season of life before that happened or, you know, that don't understand that. And she goes, and I'm sorry, but I can't always have friendships where I'm, or I can't have friendships where I'm constantly apologizing for really just not always being available. And I thought that was so powerful to remember that sometimes friendships have to be let go and that's not your fault. But if you feel like it always is your fault, that's something really a key indicator. And that takes maturity to recognize. And so I, I love that you shared, I mean, I'm a millennial too. And what you shared about just even the confrontational that requires growing up, that requires owning your ground and taking a stance and using your voice to solve problems. And we, I think, can be so easily, so quick to kind of shy away from that and be almost like you said, that's kind of a childlike behavior. And so the the need to adult <laughs> and to use strategy, right? I, think, I think we can all say that, but I think what we're so lacking in this generation is strategies on how to actually really do that effectively, not just do it, you know, flippantly or, you know, quickly or whatever, but to actually have strategies to, like you said, be that girl and to show up in that way and to be that. And what I love is that you just said, like, if this is who you want to be, if this is, if you want to be that woman, you need to start showing up as her today. Um, because I feel like, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but I've noticed a lot in our, I think in our culture, there's a lot of language around like going after, you know, your thing and crushing it and all this stuff. And in many ways, I'm like, yes, we need this like encouragement. But I think there's also this balance. And what I started to find is so many people were focused on their dreams all of a sudden, like on, or on trying to figure out their dreams, that they weren't showing up as the person that they saw in their dreams where they are. Meaning like, if you right. think you're going to be more complete or more confident or more joyful or more generous or more loving or more intentional when X, Y, or Z happens, why are you not 
training yourself to show up as that person now because that's only going to prepare you you're not going to be prepared for when that accomplishment happens if you're waiting to become and live like that until that happens you know Mm -hmm. yes girl preach (laughs) well no I just I love that you pointed that out and I think this is so needed okay so book comes out on August 27th and tell us what it's called because I want to let you do the honors I don't think I've actually asked you that everyone's like what is this amazing (laughs) book we're all waiting for (laughs) the book is entitled how to have your life not stop becoming today who you want to become tomorrow it releases on Tuesday August 27th and it's available at um standing stores like Barnes and Noble Target of course Amazon because hello Amazon (laughs) and um and for people who want more information, they can go to BiancaOltoff.com forward slash NatSuck for awesome. more information to watch trailers or download some free resources if they pre-order the book as well. Perfect. Okay. Now I have to ask, tell me the story behind this title because it's, okay. it's so, Honestly, I've never heard right. it a book like this. So I'm just curious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you will appreciate this because you are a first time author. I've watched your book come out. I've loved how you've just been so intentional about everything. Listen, that's not my story. Okay. So I'm writing this book and they keep on pushing me for a title. They're like, we have to take it to publication board for approval. Da, 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 da. And I said, you guys, it's like naming a child in the womb. And I don't even know what it looks like. Yet. Like, please, like, I, I need to feel it. And okay, so I'm a seven on Enneagram. I'm a total feeler. So I'm like, no, don't rush this process. And they're like, you have to put something there. And they're like, well, what's the core of the message of the book? And I'm like, I just want people's life not to suck. And then I was like, huh, I'll show them. And so I put the title, how to have your life not suck. Literally that it was a joke, Jordan. It was a joke. <laughs> well, the feedback came back and the older folks at Zondervan had some reservations, but all like the young millennials were like, we love it. And so they let me keep it. And I was oh, like, yes, my Lord. gosh. Okay. It's so creative. Sort of like, it's like, it's like one of those you. risky things where it's so, I think it's different enough. Like that was even in our, I, I feel like we probably what the reason so many people liked it because they're like well it just tells you straight up what it is you don't have to right? guess it's like no cutesy it's Absolutely. just telling you and some people who are going to get offended by the word choice or not like the title like it's like hey then you're not the person I'm going mm-hmm. after I love it there's another book for you yep. you know oh, and I think yes. that I, I like the the sassy part of it as well because here's the thing like um, I don't think most pe- people are picking up an Old Testament book to read, you know, mm-hmm. like the book of Ruth. But th- my goal in this is, well, my number one goal is that when people open up the pages, that there's a part of them that begins to breathe again. There's a part of them that feels like they can come back to life because we read about the stories of others or we read, I, mean, I journal parts of my story and my history. And of course, we look at Bible characters as well. And so my heart and hope is that people can come back to life. But the other heart and hope is that the book feels almost like non-Christian enough that a non-Christian pick it up. And though they might not agree with my faith background, guess what? There's still some great practical Mm -hmm. ways to have your life not suck. Yes. Okay. This is where I feel like we're right aligned because that was the same thing for me. I was like, I want this to be like a life manual in some ways or like a uh, yes. You know, like, and, and I, and what's crazy, and this is what I think is so funny is even if people don't necessarily share, you, you know, yours and my faith background specifically, I truly believe that the principles in that are applicable Absolutely. and, and timeless and life-changing Absolutely. or they wouldn't have stood the test of time up until this point. So, you know, hey, I'm like, I'm with you. I totally think it applies both within the, and that was a big piece of my heart too, is I wanted to write a book that served women in the church and women who had no interest in being in the church and could be like, Hmm, 
I'm still developing a friendship here with this with this writer. So <laughs> I love that you did that. And I, and I like I like the fire behind it. I mean, isn't your wasn't your first book called Play with Fire? Play with Fire. Yeah. See, that's what you're yeah. doing now. You're playing with fire. You're kind of testing it out. You're going a little bit. You know. I literally am. <laughs> I literally am. And I'm like not afraid of it. I'm like, let's go. Come on. Yeah. Because most people feel like fire destroys. And I was like, no, fire transforms. Hmm. Like all the dross comes to the top. And only the good stuff remains. So I don't want women to be afraid of it. I want women to own it. Hmm. Hashtag own every day. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got to learn to live your titles. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that is so fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I am so excited to just – we're going to make sure we tag and or that we link all the things so that everyone can go grab the book. Um, and tell us where we can find you online so that everyone can follow along if they want to continue following the journey, see the book tour that is happening, right? Did I, did I hear that right before we started recording? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going to be? Tell my people. (laughs) So I have will be in Rancho Cucamonga, California. I will be in Miami, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Dallas, Texas, uh, East Los Angeles, California, Vacaville, California, and Chicago. Oh, Chicago and Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is outside of DC. So fun. Are you doing this all in one week? And to follow along the... Yes, yes, yes. To follow along the journey on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's at Bianca Oltoff. That's O-L-T-H-O-F-F or at BiancaOltoff.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll make sure we link all the things, Bianca. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, uh, your butt kick, butt kicking uh, motivation and just heart and insight that we all need. I think it was a good gut check for us when it comes to really taking care of ourselves and being the woman we are made to be. So thanks for being on. It is such an honor. Thank you for having me, Jordan. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.